Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Zone 4 Installations Group in Orange reminds listeners that the American dream is based on the promise that dreams can come true with hard work. It's time to reclaim that promise. It's time for America to get back to work. There is no independence on government assistance, but with our hands on our work, we can turn vision into reality. Don't settle. Dream American. Zone 4 Installations Group in Orange is currently hiring qualified construction industry candidates. Call 714-634-9100. Be safe. Be ADT safe. ADT alarms will help you make your world a better place. Be baby safe. Be home safe. Be business safe. So protect yourself with ADT and Safe Streets, your local authorized provider. And now, through the end of next month, Safe Streets ADT has a special plan to help you accomplish your safety with all free equipment and low-cost monthly fees. From door and motion sensors to glass shadow alarms, cameras, along with alarms that just don't fail, ADT can help you be safe all through the day and all through the night. Go to BADTSafe.com, that's BADTSafe.com, and click on the special button with the code ADTRADIO and save, or text Gabriel Varner at 330-999-0279 to get all your free ADT equipment with low-cost monthly monitoring. Do it now, because there's no better time to be safe with ADT. That's BADTSafe.com. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. What would life be like without the brave men and women who answered when liberty was threatened? This Memorial Day, Hayward Environmental Consulting in Rancho Cucamonga asks that we remember the Americans who answered the call to arms. We live in freedom today because of yesterday's sacrifices. That's from Hayward Environmental Consulting in Rancho Cucamonga where they are honoring the military men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. Hayward Environmental Consulting. Better environment for a better tomorrow. If you need legal representation for a workers' compensation case, call attorney Daniel Rudbury at 800-325-1454. Daniel will meet with you and take the time to understand your case without charging you anything. You might say that having Daniel on your side is like having a lawyer in your family. Don't gamble with the law. Call attorney Daniel Rudbury at 800-325-1454. Daniel Rudbari is a member of the California Bar, license number 302-760. If you're looking for a full or part-time sales position and you have radio, TV, or print media experience, KCAA has a great opportunity waiting for you that pays the highest commissions in the market. 
KCAA is the only station in the IE that broadcasts on three frequencies, so advertisers receive three ads for one low rate. This makes KCAA a must-buy for every local business. If you're interested in a sales position with us, email CEO at KCAARadio.com. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Merino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Wings. Wait, what? With more styles, better flavors, and fresher wings, you could only be in the original American wing joint. Get them smoked, bacon-wrapped, original style, and now introducing new Roasted Wings. Roasted crispy to seal in the flavor and seal out half the calories. One taste and you'll think of nothing else. We'll see about that. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Merino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Hooters, the original American wing joint. This is KCAA. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and the business world. On today's show, Scott visits with Debbie Roberts-Lauks. Debbie's father is the world-renowned original horse whisperer, Monty Roberts. She helped to build Monty Roberts' international training schedule and oversees their publishing, product development, and licensing. She is credited with launching the first of its kind, Equus Online University, an interactive online lesson site. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. So hi, welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen, and today we have a very special guest. We have uh, Debbie Roberts Lauks, and uh, yeah, and uh, so we're so excited to have you on. So whether you're on the radio on KCA or one of our podcasts on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, you're in for a treat. We're going to get some inspiration. We're going to get some education and, and uh, just can't wait to get started. So uh, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. I'm happy to be on this show. I I know that uh, I've been following you a little bit, a little not stalking. I promise. But <laughs> you're doing so many great things. I am I am honored to be on your show. Thank you. I, I'm blessed you are, and I know you're so busy because you're working on the international program, the educational program, and you're doing the marketing for for this big company around the world. And it, it's it's a, it's a lot of responsibility. So thanks for taking time for sure, and and thanks for what you do for the industry because it's important. Thank you. I love sharing it. I don't want to be a black hole for any good stuff. Put it back Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so I guess let's just start about the, the, the ranch. Let's just start with the forum. So so it's called Flag Up? Yeah, where, Flag is Up Farms. Yeah, Flag is Up. So where did the name come from? Yeah, it's kind of a, a cute story. It's called farms because a lot of people say, like, isn't out in California a ranch? And, you know, or you in yeah. Texas, probably not too many farms, ranches. Right, right. I mean, unless there's no chickens and there's no, you know, we yeah, don't have sure. that kind of farm, right? Yeah. But but dad and mom, when they envisioned this place, they had a, a partner, too. And he said, I want a, a third, bre- I want a first class international thoroughbred farm and dad was going to Kentucky to study the most beautiful farms and and their operations and you know everything back there is a farm so it was and it was several farms that we put together there was a veterinary clinic there was a breeding operation there was a foaling operation so it literally was plural it was farms but the name is kind of obvious it's that 
moment right before the race starts that you can hear the track announcer say, and the flag is up and they're off. And so it was named for that little tense moment where all the work that you put together, it kind of culminates and they're off. And you hope that you've done your job well. Absolutely. That's the moment everybody collectively breathes in and then lets out the stands and everyone. So y'all were in the thoroughbred racing industry. Yeah, um, that the farm was built in 66. So I was a wee one at that point, but uh, but I was here and um, it was built in 66 from uh, that wish that they put together a world class operation and that um, the the money guy was a third generation publishing family, you know, and and so they did invest a lot. Before that, we were on a little farm or a little ranch um, in uh, just north of here in San Luis Obispo, California, because dad had graduated from Cal Poly Polytechnic, you know, um, part of the, the California system in triple majored actually in ag yeah ag and um and psychology actually so he did get some degrees that way in behaviors too before they really had there was no such thing as equine behavior back then no Uh, they were yeah they were making it up back then um and trying to figure out about animal psychology and back in the 50s it really just was unheard of funny enough if you go back few thousand years, Xenophon, though, talked all about equine psychology and, you know, working with into pressure animals. And so we kind of lost it for a lot of thousands of years in between there. And so it was kind of a, a coming back as people started to study. I guess it was probably horses became less of a tool and started to become more of a recreational animal in people's families right and so then they as we became more urban they wanted to study those so i guess it was sort of the rise of that way back it's amazing how it was there for so long and then it just kind of slipped away and then it's coming back or it came back you know with help from your dad which i forgot to mention is monty roberts of course but um but but that is so important the education part of, of of the training and and the soft feel Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think with the education, it's just be, hopefully become more so. Yes, I think so too. And and I yeah. think it shows how quickly we can lose it. So that's Absolutely. part of it, right? And so we have, to, we have to be diligent there. But also I think it's gone to a new level with the fact that we have moved away from horses as our, as our tractor and right. we've moved into this, why do we need horses in our lives? So I like to talk about that. I like to say that I think the mo- the most important thing we can do for horses is the most important thing we can do for us, which is to recognize the quality of horses, understand horses as a flight animal, which is different than our dogs and cats at home, right? right. And, and if we understand those qualities of horses, we appreciate them more. And actually they teach us a lot about how we can be happier. And, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of therapy in horses. Absolutely. I've learned so much more from the horse than they have for me. There's, there's no doubt. And and I love to watch, uh, you know, with my daughter, she's down at the barn or her friends who aren't even around horses, but they're just so gentle with them and how the horse responds to them. And and it's such a, such a fun thing to watch. And, uh, but, but it, it, it is so it's changed so much, just the training in general. You know, mm-hmm. people take time and do it the right way. It, it, it's really a fun, it's an art. 
It, it thank you. That's a really great way to put it too. I just was at a lunch. That's why I'm all booted up here. Um, I was just at a lunch with some lovely people. One of them being my dad and my mom, and uh, but also a Sandy Collier who is a rock star. She's a cowboy hall of have girl. Hall of Famer, Girl, that's uh, right. exactly, and uh, you know, beat the boys in a lot of the bigger. Uh, she's a rainer, and uh, she's just done amazing things with her life. And I was with Joel Baker and Charlotte Bradal. Charlotte Bradal won a, a Olympic bronze in oh. in dressage. This is a different table, right? Yeah. And um, her husband Joel Baker was U.S. Open champion in polo. So we were just having all lunch together, and um, it, it was a memorial for one of the polo players, and I was just honored to be there. So I thank Memo, Memo Gracita and his wife Megan invited us to that. My point is that we all got to talking about the qualities of horses, and we all agreed at this table of, of a big variety that we don't even know what the qualities of horses are doing for the inside of us, and they all agreed it's more and better than we can ever imagine. And I'm sitting there at this table with, you know, these nobody has, uh, there's a little bit of gray hair in us <laughs> at this table. They all have a long-term experience with horses their whole lives, each one of them. And they all um, had different perspectives, but they all said, I can't believe just in my lifetime, how much has changed in the reigning world, in the polo world, in the dressage world, in the general recreational world of training horses too. Um, whatever category you want to put dad in, he's, you know, 11 world's championships. It's kind of like, take your pick. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. He can, his own yeah. category. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Kinda, it's kinda definitely is for sure. For sure. Well, the horses kind of brought the table together. Mm -hmm. Did You know, I mean, Absolutely. if you look at it that way, you know, without the horse, there would be nobody at the table. <laughs> we, know we, yeah. table. we wouldn't have met these wonderful people together. So anyway, I guess that's that's the fun part of seeing that people that are really instrumental, they're horsemen first, in, instrumental in all these different industries um, can tell you that we're getting better. And that's pretty darn encouraging that we're not even there yet. And that's pretty darn encouraging too, right? right. We, even, we even got into the topic of cloning and what yeah. that does. Fascinating because cloning is a leveler. And so people, wherever, wherever you stand on cloning, um, they all had experience or had watched the industry with the cloning of horses. You know, for people who don't understand, there are there are some people that have enough money that have the opportunity to clone some horses. And we talked about nature versus nurture. And, you know, that's so fascinating. fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That's a fascinating because, you know, some have done it well in some industries Um uh, Adolfo Cambiasso in Polo has the, the money and the means to clone, yeah, a mare that he loved. And in that nature environment, it worked, um, nurture and nature. But there have been other environments where people have tried that. And it it, it was actually how the, the baby was raised made a big difference in, in the surrogate mare, you know, that was used. So we're you and I, Scott, we're not going to even know in our lifetime no. probably how this all comes out, but right. it's interesting. Yeah. We just got to leave our positive footprint and, and hope, you know, the next generation does that. And it, it's, that's, what's encouraging. That's what's so exciting about our industry. It's always changing and evolving for and, sure. You know, and it can be in a good way or a bad way. And hopefully we leave it in a good way. So, I, so I, I think it's a good way. I mean, I, yeah. you probably, you probably agree with this, but you know, the media, 
has been great at mm-hmm. opening up, uh, you know, it's a glass house anymore. Really, you, you don't get away with doing wrong by the animal very long before somebody finds that out. And I think that's a good thing. I think when we're fairer to our animals, right. we'll probably be better individuals, certainly better trainers. Right. A- absolutely. Uh, yeah, we 100% agree with that. And, and, and you know, people in our industry, they take it so serious. They don't want to be ugly. To, you know, we're just always learning to try and be a better person, you know, and, and be a better owner or trainer. Scott will be right back with more from Debbie Roberts Lauks. I'm Scott Knutson with the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, heard on KCAA Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. And who doesn't want to start their workday off in the best possible way? I certainly do. How about starting with some great basics? The foundation, underwear and undershirts. Underwear has often been an afterthought, especially for us men. We never think about it at all, but I never have. I can tell you from personal experience, the clothes you wear will feel much better if you have the right underwear. It gives you that extra edge of confidence. And who doesn't want confidence? And you'll look better too. The company Wood Underwear makes great underwear that is approachable and accessible. At the right price point, you can feel comfortable buying it and wearing it. They're having some fun with the name, and while the the name might bring you in, the product's going to bring you back. It is a great material, and I use it every day. My friends at Wood want you to try it. So they came up with a promo code just for Cowboy Entrepreneur listeners. Use the code COWBOYBRIEF at checkout on woodunderwear.com for 20% off your first order. I guarantee you're going to like it. This offer ends August 31st. I know you're not going to wait that long. Woodunderwear.com. Use the promo code COWBOYBRIEF for 20% off this amazing product, Wood Underwear. So what was it like growing up in, in the Monty Roberts household? Yeah, well, I only had one dad, so I don't, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's probably just what you're, you know, what mm-hmm. you know seems pretty darn no- normal. But um, I guess what it was like was equal opportunity. Um, I don't know if you knew about the foster kids that went through the house. I, I knew some, but yeah, let's tell it. Let's talk about it for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, starting when I was only about six months old, mom and dad oh, took wow. in their first 12 year old girl who fell in love with horses. That's a pretty easy one, right? <laughs> right. Every time. Yeah. Nice. Her mom was unfortunately a drug addict and died shortly after um, the mom said, would you keep her for the summer while, um, you know, she was it was the 60s. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, sure. actually, that was late 50s. That was late 50s. And um, and it was early on in the in this drug era. Um, but then we lived all through the drug era. And that was you know, we had by the time I was graduated and gone, they added them all up. It was 47 foster kids. Oh, overall. oh my years. goodness. Yeah, that's a lot. What an impact. And they weren't, you know, cute little adorable six-year-olds. They are all teenagers with troubles and uh, pretty much. And wow. some of them went on and stayed in the horse industry. Some of them never had anything to do with the horse industry. They were football players or whatever. Um, but I'd say that we probably learned as much from that as as I ever learned from a parent. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Just the dynamic of all that going on was pretty incredible. Um, and not always fun. I mean, you know, as a as a 
I was pretty young in the 60s, so in 60s was a crazy time for drugs and, and dissidents and all that, you know. Right. So I'd say horses were safety, um, you know, and Central California was still pretty safe. And and I'd say that's I, that's some of the, the memories that I have are those foster kids and, and helping them with horses, um, even as much as like there was a couple of guys who were jockeys wanted to be jockeys and they and did become one a champion jockey won 2500 races in his career oh my goodness uh, larry legue he's a great guy shout out to larry and yeah. he, and you know he had to learn how to not put weight on so we had this whole oh my gosh before anybody counted calories and you know said corn is not that great for you and <laughs> we that was our dinner table talk you know about how to how to stay in shape for our horses and how to stay lean and and all those things and i didn't know when i went to college number one i didn't know there were weekends that seems was a weird concept yeah it does, it does. everybody like does something else on the weekend <laughs> we just work yeah, I, yeah pretty much kind of other than school pretty much yeah. the same um that was that was an important thing plus i didn't know that people weren't really pretty disciplined about you know you i mean when you have to take care of animals Sorry, you can't put them in the closet like a tennis racket for them. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that was a bit of a surprise, too, that people weren't really um, disciplined by that. So I, I guess that's a, a funny mm -hmm. thing growing up. But it, probably anybody who grows up in the country or on a ranch has that same experience. I mean, as far as my parents go, they were super competitive in their in both their fields. My mom didn't. Um, put the saddle down until just after we moved here in the sixties, but then she picked it up after about 30, 40 years. And now she's out there showing Rainers right now, oh my meeting, meeting people 20 years younger than her. And dad says, don't tell anybody how old she is, but she was one year behind me in high school. <laughs> so oh my they met in the third and fourth grade. There you Did go. Did they really? What a, what a great story. True story. Yeah. And so, you know, he's, he just turned 86 in May and, um, and he rode, he cut cattle um, <laughs> for, for his 86th birthday. And they did a pas de deux for their uh, 65th anniversary too. Oh my goodness. That's, that's a lot to live up to. That's a lot to live up to, you know, and she's a sculptor too, right? Doesn't she? She's a that's what she was doing in between there. She, oh start, she took up sculpting and, and flying airplanes, which, you know. Oh, my goodness, really? I know, right? I don't have oh normal goodness. parents, so don't ask me what normal is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is no... <laughs> no. No real normal, but but yeah, they, um, so I, I think it was... Um, I say equal opportunity because look at all that, you know, it's not like, I don't think there were really um, female roles and male roles. I mean, with horses, as you can see, you know, there's, there's a lot of women in the horse industry, but it wasn't always that way. Right. Not, especially not at the lesson and judging, you know, at the top of it too. So I kind of watched that all change yeah. growing up too, because mom was really great and she had her champions and dad was really great and had his champions. So you know, um, I guess I didn't think about that so much. I mean, there was no disadvantage of being big or little or, um, yeah, everything was pretty equal opportunity. And we live in a great country for that, too. So, absolutely. You know, we do. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So when I told mom and dad I was going to UCLA, they went, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fun to have a school with a football team. You know, like I yeah, went to school that didn't have a football team. It's yeah. so small here, you know. Yeah. So it, I kind of I kind of went the opposite way just to see what the big world was all about. But um, but here I am back at the ranch. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So what would you do if you weren't in this industry, in the horse industry? Is there another, you know, another industry you'd like to go to? Oh man, that would be really hard. I'm always fascinated by um, by animals and by psychology, so mm-hmm. I have a feeling it would have to be something in that. If it wasn't horses, I think it would have been something along those lines. I'm only guessing. I don't really know. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like Dad always jokes. I didn't get in the third. I didn't get in the horse business until I was three or four. After that, you know, I got serious. <laughs> 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 And it's true. And I guess born into it, you know, like a lot of a lot of us who grew up with horses are mm-hmm. fortunate enough to be around horses when you're little and you just slide into it. You know, not everybody gets that opportunity in their discipline right. or their their education to do that. But um, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have back then, because, I mean, your parents are your parents and you figure they're really smart about about their industry, but I didn't know how smart they really were. Right. Right. So you step back and look and say, Oh my goodness. You know, I, I grew up and my parents were in the industry and I, I always loved it. I always did it. I always rode, but now stepping back, I look and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I was really blessed as a, a child. And now my daughter gets to experience it. And uh, so, but, I'm so glad you're sharing that with your next generation too. Absolutely. That's, isn't it fun to see their eyes all light up? With so much fun, and her friends come out. They've never ridden or pet a horse or anything, and then all of a sudden they they make a college team or they go out and want to do something in the industry, and and it's so much fun to give them the opportunity. Um, but everyone that comes out loves it, but to give them the opportunity to maybe make that a career, and and some do, and that's really cool. And if they didn't, you know, right out of college or, you know, they, they get caught up in life, a lot of people are coming back to it. Back. So I don't give up hope. And even then, you know, the 40 right. and 50 year olds will be like, dang it, I worked hard. Now I'm going to do that thing. I was so fun at when I was 12. Right. Right. I finally have the money or the time or, you know, the, the right. Well, that's, a, that's a big segment coming back in the industry. That's what's so exciting because, you know, they, they go and they raise their families or they get do their business, do their jobs. And, uh, now their passion is going back to them, which they really want to do all along and have that opportunity. It's fun to watch that. It yeah. is. It is. One thing I talk about, though, and I and if anybody's listening to this can relate to this, I want to encourage them that a lot of them come back and go like, oh, dang, I'm mortal. I didn't think when I was 12, I was mortal. You know, <laughs> I could break. <laughs> when yeah. I was 12, nope, nothing broke, you know. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage people to get past that you're going to feel that fear in there, you know, and the lump in your throat, you'll go like, what, what is that? I've been dreaming about this horse for how many years? And, and I finally get it. And now I'm like a chicken. (laughs) That's okay. Get past it. You know, those are, those are instincts that God put in us and and their survival instincts. And that's not a bad thing, Um, but just know you can work through it. There's so many good professionals out there Mm -hmm. talking people through it or finding the right horse or whatever it takes to get comfortable that way. And also I always like to encourage them to say, there is nothing wrong with starting on the ground and getting really good at that and having fun with your horse on the ground first. And then, you know, nobody's afraid of being on the ground. No, absolutely. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I think if you can't enjoy being on the ground working with your horse, then it's going to be hard to enjoy them when they're on top because you exactly. want to be control. But I, I've had a few people throw that back at me like, yeah, well, that's what I'm worried about is being on the ground. So I don't want <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. But just not the prone position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, well, your online university helps a lot of people too. You know, they can go there and they can study and they can get their confidence and 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 kind of self educate a little bit. But it, it's really what we did. Yeah. Thank you. Have you have you peeked on it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. You know, th- it, it it helps somebody that doesn't have access to the horse right now, but they can start studying and make sure this is what they want to do and helps them get into the industry because it, it would be scary. It would be hard to get into any industry if you didn't know where to go to call. Yeah. But, but if they join the university and they start watching your videos and see some pictures from the ranch and or the farm, um, they will, um, they'll get encouraged and that first big step and then they're hooked. You yeah, know, yeah. And that, that's what's so fun about the university. It's, it's a great, great, great education. Thank you. That I mean, we started it for two reasons. That one is a big one. You know, we want people to know that that we're trustable, you know, that we we were a place where we're not going to be unfair to the horse and we're not going to be unfair to the person. And we're going to do really incremental. That's one of dad's favorite words is incremental. And uh, and you know what? You go faster when you go incremental anyway. Kind of funny. That works that way, but it does. Mm -hmm. It does. So that was one of the reasons. The other reason was because, um, you know, dad would say things uh, like I'd watch a video of him doing something. And I'd say, why'd you stand in front of the horse this time, but not that time? Like one time you're on the side of him, and one time you're in front of him. It seemed like you were kind of trying to achieve the same thing. You go, no, no, no. I, I don't think I'd do that. And I'd say like, but I was just watching the video. Come, come, come look, come look at the video and, and tell me what you're doing here. Oh. He said, I don't know, but I have to, I have to go think about it because whatever it is, it's instinctual. And there's the horse has taught me something there to be in the right place. So I'm safe or you know, the timing of everything. And I just went, wow, we have to video everything, yes. everything you do, because that means he can't even, um, he's not conscious of, enough to actually even teach that it's something that is in his muscle memory that's kept him safe all these 86 years, still riding and bulldogging and all the things that he's done all these years. Right. Yeah. And, and so we wanted we wanted to capture as much as possible in so many different angles and ways and also incrementally each lesson is like eight or nine minutes average so that people could really digest it and then we make four points about each lesson so that they go like okay i get where he's going with that you know and we do a quote and we do a little paragraph on each one and so you know we we wanted all those learners in there the kinesthetic and the audio and that you know we wanted everybody to feel comfortable in the environment too and there's no there's no pressure about tests and things it's just these little questions to follow follow along and then you get a certificate and you oh, know, we, we try to make it fun. Exactly. And easy and digestible yet really profound too. Yeah. You know, like, did you see that? No, <gasps> look at that. I wouldn't yeah. have seen it if I hadn't, you know, known to look for it. And right. I think that's where, I think that's where we excel is, um, you know, don't miss this little thing that the horse does. Did you see how generous they were right there? They had to trust but they could make a, cho- a choice to run away, but they like they wanted to be there. And then they were because you were trustable, you know, as that whole building. It's not about 
so much about leadership. I know a lot of people talk about it and it's not a bad word, but it's more about partnership, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and when you, when you can see the horse going like, I'm okay with you. You're okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, all right. I get you. We have a, we have upcoming, we have a horse and some healing this weekend, um, which is a 4th of July weekend, which is perfect, right? You know, we do Absolutely. these about six times a year and for our veterans and our first responders. And, um, you know, we have EMTs and anybody who's kind of really gone through it with the trauma, right? And we play this game. You'll relate to this as a horseman. Uh, we play this yes, no game. Now, they don't know, you know they're wondering why they're playing with ponies for the weekend, right? A lot of times they come in like, (laughs) 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 and, you know, tell me about horses. Why, why horses, you know, and the yes, no game is one of those where we, we take somebody outside so they can't hear what we're doing inside. And we'll have one person that's designated as the trainer and the guy outside is the horse. Okay. And when he comes back in, we've all decided that the horse is going to do something and the trainer is going to help him figure out what to do. And all he can say is yes or no, this trainer to the horse. So we'll we'll concoct something like, you know, get drop down, do four push ups, stand up, put your hand on your head and then go pour a cup of coffee and give it to the leader up there. You know what? With yes and no, nothing. Well, that's what we ask our horses. Absolutely. Pretty much. We say yes. Oh, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. Right. And and they figure it out. And, you know, these guys will come in and the horse and the trainer start to go. Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. And five, ten minutes later, there's the cup of coffee. You know, <laughs> and it, it's it's amazing how easy it is when communication gets very simple Mm-hmm. and very black and white and that's how we should be with our horses that, that's beautiful and, and i love the name so it used to be or it is ptsd but y'all kind of changed it up a little bit i, I love that yeah dad said disorder like that's shaming you know <laughs> like you didn't go to war with a disorder so how can you come back with a disorder Absolutely. you know and it's he calls it PTSI. He thought that was hugely important to say, you know, because you're talking to these guys saying you you can change, you you can get better. So it's an injury, yeah. PTSI. It's it's not a disorder, and you know, and you can just see them visibly go, yeah, with know, one and, word, with, with one, one word, word, you change their mind and their concept with one exactly. word. Yeah, that, that that's so great. That's so that's so great. When I read that, I thought that was really. Wonderful. Um, the changes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it should. It, it really should. Because it is an injury. It's just like any injury. Yep. You know, so you'd be speaking about it. I get passionate about that because I, I love good. that so much. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Debbie Roberts Lauks. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at CowboyEntrepreneur.com. I'm Scott Knutson with the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show here weekly, Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific on KCAA. And I love American history. Who doesn't? I enjoy reading about those early pioneers that left family and friends in the East and headed to the West in hopes of making their fortunes. 
The stories captured the minds and are a great example of the American spirit that made this country great. The state of California had its beginnings up in a little mountain town in Northern California called Truckee. The immigrants on their way west went right through what is now downtown along the old Dutch flat wagon road. The story of this old Wild West town is a fascinating one. And if you're interested like I am in these old stories, you might want to take a look at taking the haunted Truckee Ghost Walk. It's definitely not your typical ghost hunting adventure, but rather takes you back in the dates of California's earliest beginnings. Next time you're up there, check it out. Tickets and information are available on their website, hauntedtruckee.com. People are loving this tour and it's receiving some great reviews. Again, the website to get tickets is hauntedtruckee.com. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Here's your host, Scott Knudsen. So, so all the entrepreneurs that are watching, so you're very much entrepreneurial, but you're also incredibly great at marketing because you're not only marketing in America, you it's around the world. So um, what advice would you give someone maybe watching that doesn't necessarily want to go out and ride a horse or train a horse, but might want to be in the industry to help run a company or help a trainer get a bigger profile? What advice would you give somebody? Great question. Great question. Well, we've taken back the power of horses training from the elite trainers, us owners, right? We, we really have um, been able to say, you know, I don't want you to hit my horse or, you know, I, and so if, if we put the power back in the people, pretty much, and, right. and we're still owners are still we're still kind of chickens, you know, to talk to somebody who's, you know, made his living at this. I know I, I get that. But, you know, if you have a philosophy and it's your horse, you can you can put some of those parameters on there. And I love that. I love that people feel that they can they can assert themselves. That means we we need to go to the public. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're saying, how do I appeal to the public um, with my person that I'm representing or my company that I'm representing in the industry, get your brand really, really tight. Know who you are, paint it into a corner and, and then push that, that seed out there and it'll get watered. It'll get fertilized by the public. If it's honest, authentic, well done, delineated, you know, all those things, look up branding and marketing, you know, when you when you see all the definition of that, do that really, really well and 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 fill a need that way. Right. But honestly, there's a big need out there. So I hope a lot of entrepreneurs um, will throw mud up on the wall, especially during this COVID time too, right. and really put it out there because people are more than ever looking for the qualities of horses, no doubt about that in my mind, but they're also looking for great ways to, to trust right. this, whatever it is that you're, that you're selling, you know, and if you're authentic and all those things that I just described, then you will be fine. You, people will find you, but then put it out there to the public too. You can't hide it. No hiding right. it under a bushel. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, that won't work. <laughs> the old Sunday school thing. Yeah. Because if they don't know about you, so we use social media a lot because we're international, right. And right. It, you can't, you can't get too regional. You know, it's not like we're, we're advertising in New York city or anything. So sure. uh, yeah, do that. And, um, 
and build it, build a brand for yourself, build a name for yourself and, uh, and start to learn from those that have done that themselves too. I would definitely look at those that you Absolutely. think are authentic and trustworthy and, and all those things, because people are looking the, the, the owners, which we know 80 plus percent of ownership is recreational, right? right? It, it, right. it really is those big numbers. It's a big number. Yeah. And I think those are the people that are looking like, ay, 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 every horse owner has an opinion or every horse trainer has an opinion. You know, all every horse owner has an opinion too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they? <laughs> Everybody has an opinion about horses. I feel like, especially in the horse industry, there's a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. And people people do get confused. Who do I trust? How do I know? And everybody's, you know, seems to be really sincere and, and, you know, forceful in what they believe. And so when people start telling me I should do it this way or that way, how do I know? Be that for them where you have built up enough audience that it is trustworthy, you know? Mm -hmm. That's, that's great advice. It it, it really is. And and there's, there's so much room for our industry to still grow. I mean, you can, even if you don't know anything about it, you go to a horse show, you can sit around and you can watch people and they're going to be looking for something. And if you can figure out that niche, then you're going to get into the industry. And and it's important for trainers to find somebody that understands digital marketing or something and kind of open up a little bit and bring that in because they can help you while you're out training your horses. So it's kind of a give and take on both sides. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're the entrepreneur. <laughs> I know I have to have good people around me to carry my mistakes. <laughs> and those are learning opportunities too. We learn Absolutely. Yeah. I ought to be a real smart individual. <laughs> oh man. So what's some fun stories on the road? So I know y'all travel and, and what's some fun stories um, maybe behind the scenes that people that don't get to do what we get to do or that y'all get to do um, would like or enjoy. Yeah. Oh, fun. Uh, gosh, there's so many crazy stories of traveling all the way back to when I was a kid. Um you know, showing up in Ireland, mom and dad sent me over to Ireland when I was about 12 or 13, just to hang out with other girls my age that like, they, they turn out to be like pretty famous people though. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like the Vincent O'Brien's, I mean, he owns Coolmore Stud, you know, and I remember just hanging with his kids and now they're like, they dominate in the thoroughbred industry world or in, you know, hanging out at rodeos with with the Jones family and, you know, the seven worlds champions and and things like that. Um, You know, there's a thread of, of commonality in those, in the work ethic. Mm -hmm. And so those, those are fun times, but what occurred to me when you just said that was dad and I were, we were down in Brazil and, um, you know, there's not not great TV when you go down to Brazil. <laughs> and we were going back and forth pretty regularly for a while there. And so we would stay at a hotel in Sao Paulo or whatever before you go out to the country where he's going to put on a clinic or whatever. And um, usually it's just CNN that, you know, that you can you can understand. Uh, right. My Portuguese is very limited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, dad was it was real early in the morning and we were getting ready to go to the car. And so, you know, I always make sure he doesn't answer his door and I usually knock on the door. And and if he doesn't say who's there or something, I, you know, I 
I just keep knocking. And then if he opens the door, see, for security purposes, he's not supposed to open the door without finding out who it is, right? Uh, okay. This morning, he opens the door right away. I'm like, Dad, you're not supposed to do that until you look at it. <laughs> and he goes, come in here, come in here. you got to see this. I'm on TV in here. I went, oh wow really what and um you know i thought maybe they were advertising the clinic but it was a smaller clinic so it didn't make a lot of sense to me that he would be on the tv but he's watching elizabeth taylor had just died and he played he was the stunt double for elizabeth taylor in national velvet when she wow. was like nine and he was like eight or she was 11 and he was nine. I can't, I can't remember. She was a couple of years older than him and she had just died. But National Velvet, he, he went up to Northern Cal and did the, you know, the cross country scenes with the helmet and a wig blowing out the back and everything. Did he really? Yeah. And it was kind of irony because he didn't show other than stills. That was the only video they showed. And so they said, Elizabeth Taylor just died. And he went, no, that's me. That's me on the TV and for the Oh, all the little crazy things that happen, no matter where you are, you know, it kind of ties back to horses somehow, some way. Isn't that a mess? Such a great story. Not not her passing, but just. No, I know. Sorry. It was just your dad, you know, doing yeah. that. Yeah. Just crazy things like that happening. No, I mean, they're just the, um, the fun on the road is is that you get to meet so many cool people who are passionate about mm -hmm. horses. And so I think that would be the commonality too, is those people behind the scenes that work so hard to bring him to those different countries. We appreciate that. We just had a team on every continent. Basically we had a UK wow. team. We had a, a German team, which handled the European continent. We had an Australian team. So they weren't employees or anything. We just would land down there. And after doing this 20, 30, years um we were just a well-oiled machine and i didn't even have to do that much traveling really i could just train the team if i got a team in place then i was good and then like we good. just had we, we just had this um event here called the movement and and elizabeth right. you know was a part of that too who um you know and you know a lot of people probably that i know too but um the the movement was such a special story for me because there was one lady who spoke at it called um, Angela Tanner. She was here as a as a volunteer intern in the 90s when she was going to school and full circle. She not only ran our tours in Germany, she could speak German and, and has a Germanic family background. Then she became an attorney and, you know, and did great things with her life, started a school for gifted children. But that she she came back. She wants to live in the valley again. And she adopted one of our transition horse uh, horses wow. out of the program called Lorien. And she told at the movement, she told the love story that took. 20 years in the making oh my <laughs> to, meet her, to meet her hard horse. And those are the things that are so fun. When I look back on, I'm so glad that she joined us on tour, you know, and she stayed with us and the concepts through all those years. And then full circle, she comes and adopts one of the horses out of the transition horse program that we're so proud of. And I'm just so proud of her. So. Yeah, it, That's so special. And it's so wonderful. You get to see where, where the seeds you planted so long ago and not so long 20 30 years it's not long but and then what happened with the horse and that's so cool you get to see that part because a lot of people don't see it you kind of see them and you don't see them again right exactly awesome. yeah exactly but uh, so many stories like that come back around to us too that i feel mm -hmm. really blessed that way too that going and spending time today with those people from argentina and uh, yeah so, like, so amazing 
So amazing. Can we talk a little bit about the transition before we have to close today? Oh, yeah. So the transition horses. I think that's great. So, so yeah. cool. That Just, was one of those like flat forehead syndrome. <laughs> like, we've been doing some form of this for 20 years and yes. we just like put all the pieces together. So you entrepreneurs out there, sometimes you got to keep, you know, scrambling the Absolutely. elements that you know and, and re-looking at it. So in 97, we formed a nonprofit called Join Up International. And that was to start the school here so we could start um, teaching these kinds concepts to more than just dad and you know because it doesn't die with him he isn't a guru he is a replicator of these concepts because they're not that complicated but they are counterintuitive sometimes to what our traditional methods are right. and that just means we understand horses better yes. <laughs> than, than we did a long time ago so so when we did that nonprofit thing we thought well we got to start planting the seeds and we have instructors in Latvia and all these crazy places now, which is really cool. Um, but we were bringing in horses to teach these guys because when they come from Latvia, they, Latvia, they don't have their own horse, right? <laughs> we're bringing horses in and, and funny enough, champion, you know, dressage bronze medalists and stuff don't want to give us their horses to play around with. Mm -mm. <laughs> you don't get to experiment on their horse. So no. we're going to teach these students with horses from rescues. Typically, we got them from rescues, hoarding situations, different things. We developed relationships with with rescues uh, and sanctuaries in a lot of cases, too, you know, where they just go to be retired forever. But we would we would bring them in just to gentle them and, you know, and, and teach our students. So so then we developed the Horses and Healing Program, which was veterans and first responders, like we talked about. Then we developed Lead Up, which was um, at-risk youth, but not the typical at-risk youth thing. This is about peaceful leadership. We wanted to teach these kids that we're either going to go to the gangs and lead them, or they're going to go to the boardroom and be better there. You know, they're right. smart kids, they're ambitious kids, but they could go wrong. And if they're interested in horses at all, we wrap that in a bow and we have a great program called lead up. And so here we are, we've got, let's see, we've got a school, we've got lead up, we've got horse and healing. Um, yeah, we're done here. I think that's good. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's how we're helping the horses. The horses are helping us. But how are we, helping? we don't have the animal welfare. Well, darn if we don't, we're bringing these horses in from these rescues and, but dribs and drabs, maybe 25 a year, we're, we're polishing up and making them more adoptable and the rescues love us. We went, what if we did it year round? <clears throat> we could do a hundred horses a year, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that's what we launched. It was pretty much two years in the making with the Right Horse Initiative, which became a program of the ASPCA just about the same time we launched this program too. Very exciting. And so the trans, the Monty Roberts Mustang and Transition Horse Program is that thing that is year round now where we have interns coming in, working with the horses, going back to the adoption partners, and they're not called rescues or sanctuaries anymore. They're adoption partners because we want to get those horses back out there in their next vocation because you've got thoroughbreds coming off tracks that are three, four, five, six years old. They got their whole life. In whole front, life. Yeah. Right. And all these Mustangs and these holding pins or ones that, you know, somebody adopted and have to keep for a year, which is a good thing, but they're right. languishing in their backyard because they don't know what to do next. We can do that. We do that all day long. That's what we do. So for like, do you see what I mean? So like, you just connected the dots. You just connected the dots. But see, you're an innovator. And that is so great that you're not only helping the horse, which that's so focused, but you're also helping people. 
Mostly. The horses are helping us. Yeah, absolutely. Every day. Every day. Yes, absolutely. So that's so wonderful. Um, yeah, I love that story. I love the kid part too. Just helping those guys. It's 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 a it's definitely a fork in the road. And you 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 know, like Yogi Bear said, you got to take it. But right. it's your choice, you know, what you're going to do with it. And you give them the tools to make the right choice. That's right. That's right. And you know what? Half the time these kids come in there, they got the attitude going. We'll have sure. even rival gangs sometimes in the same group. We, you know, we keep it to eight or 10 kids. And so they're sizing each other up. You put them in with a thousand pound animal. Mm-hmm. It's a leveler. <laughs> <laughs> They're all it. pulling from the same end of the rope. Yeah. At the end, they want to be horse trainers. It's just adorable. We have a, you know, we have a huge population here. Even affluent Central California have a huge disconnect with youth here. You know, they're either not sure what they want to do next with their lives or there's opportunities to do bad things with their lives here too. So um, we pull from the Latino community, we pull from the affluent community, we put them all in the same place and they say, see that horse right there? Get him to trust you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful. It, it does level the field for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and you know they have to get their physiology right too Absolutely. and that's really good for kids emotional control breathing we teach diaphragmatic breathing and so once they learn that the horses are biofeedback machines really yeah and sure get onto it and then it's just a challenge and and everything else goes away it's just the kid and the horse very cool and when that moment happens it's, it's almost magical because you just step back and watch it and you know what's happening they don't know what's happening, but you know it. Isn't that fun? Oh, that's so wonderful. It is, it is so fun. wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Debbie Roberts-Lauks. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. So let's talk about the rant, uh, the farm real quick, and then uh, I, I have to go. I don't want to, but... They only allow me so much time. I could talk to you all day long. Um, so, so with the farm, so can people come there? I, I think I saw weddings and, and you do clinics. So how would people go then? And ah, Thanks. Thanks. Well, they can reach us, montyroberts.com. That's our website. Okay. So it's M-O-N-T-Y-R-O-B-E-R-T-S. They can come to the farm. We're in Solvang, California. If anybody knows it, they know like, oh, is that that Danish tourist town? Yeah, that's us. Absolutely. So we're in, a, we're in a destination spot. It's wine and horses here and it's really fun right in central california santa barbara county right. for anybody to know that part so yes we welcome visitors seven days a week the gates open we have gates on um the insurance people made us keep the horses in <laughs> but it's not to keep people out right. so we always say just push the button and you can come anytime and take a self-guided or there's always things going on here it's a three-ring circus half the time How but it's exciting. very peaceful when people come down that drive and um, it's I, it, they can describe it for themselves but it's basically a decompression zone where everybody just takes a load off and we have um beautiful horses and and beautiful grounds here my parents when they first got the property to develop it was flower fields so that means it's flat with absolutely no trees and there's about a quarter of a million trees here now oh my goodness oh my fun? goodness how beautiful yeah, yeah. And, and and you can get married 
Well, we can get married here. You can. Yeah, we, we are limited. We, we're very selective on those because, sure. you know, we, we want people that, you know, um, appreciate a, um, a ranch setting for that and everything. But we just had one here this last weekend and it's a fireman who they from like Pasadena area and wow. his horse girl. And did they have fun? Oh, I bet <laughs> yeah. they did. And dad was right in the mix. You know, he was like a wedding crasher. He was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was oh really I bet that was fun. Really fun. We do a lot of things here, though. We do um, we do rehab, and we do um, we still we have a full size track, which is almost unheard of anymore. We have a five eighths mile track, and then we have our gentling facility, and that's like in the over in the corner, the quietest spot on the farm. And so, if you come, if anybody comes, make sure you say, "Where's the gentling facility?" Because <laughs> because it's kind of hidden for a reason, right? To be quiet over there and everything, but it's the coolest place on the farm, absolutely bar none. Oh, wow. Wow. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a pleasure um, talking to you and uh, learning about behind the scenes and, and getting some knowledge too, for sure. And I, I hope everybody on KCA, whether they're listening or watching the, the podcast, you know, um, they, they get to, they get to write you and follow you and, and attend that university because that's really helpful. It's a thank great, you. great way to get involved in the industry. And if you're in the industry, maybe laid off a while. It's a great way to get back into it, kind of mm-hmm. freshen up. It is good. That's MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Yeah. Yes, MontyRobertsUniversity. Yeah. And listen to my podcast, too. I, we'll, we'll swap. Scott was on it. Yeah, I was. I was. It was so much go, fun. Go listen to Scott. Yeah, yeah, that was. So that's HorsemanshipRadio.com. So. Yeah, and that's on the Horse Radio Network. And you can go right it there. Is. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Have a good night. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. For more information about today's guest, Debbie Roberts-Lauks, please visit the website, horsemanshipradio.com. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com. Very friendly hello. Good morning, sir. How are you today? And remember, notice that he's very clean. It's a very dirty job. Believe me, steam and dirty. But he looked very, very clean. So I didn't give it much other thought. But a couple of days later, as I walked by again, again, sir, good morning. How are you today? And I look, is this refugee? He was staying in front of the dish, but I could see even his shoes were shining. I said, wait a minute. And I said to the, to the head of the department, this kid, is he working at all? I mean, he's always clean. He's not working. Right away, my suspicion. I guess that's my... my my German cynicism that came through. I said, he's so, he's so clean and he, he can't be working. He said, Mr. Schulze, you're wrong. He's the hardest worker I have. But he's so proud. He changes a couple of times a day. He's a proud young man. He works unbelievably hard. Whoa, yeah. Pretty soon I come, go through the area again, and he's working room service as a waiter. The room service manager asked for him because he was exceptional. He became a waiter. A few months later, he worked as a captain in banquet. Everybody wanted him. He grew and grew. See, this man created excellence in what he was doing. And he gets the reward. Everybody gets the reward. The reward is going to come sooner or later. And, and here's this dishwasher who became a hotel manager. A little 
refugee from Nairobi. And he, he realized, I define myself. I define myself as excellent. And you get rewards. Rewards always come with that. Even if it is just knowing I truly am the best here. In America, to create difference is it's truly up to you. That's why I get so annoyed when people blame other things. In this country, it's up to you. Create excellence, and you will get rewards. And that is not true in other countries. There is still a hierarchy situation. Now, it's, I feel it's better, frankly. But during my career time, I could not have, no matter how good I would have done a job, I would have become the major D somewhere, but not the general manager. After all, the general manager has to come from a certain college, etc., etc. And that's why this is the land of opportunity. And it is so angering me when Americans say we don't have opportunity. Everybody has to, everybody. And, and, and we still sometimes blame others when we don't make it. There's only one person to blame. And I can introduce you to him. Go in the washroom, look at him. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Mm-hmm.